ポッドキャストタイム。今、次の放送はファンによるファンのためのファンホジュポッドキャルチャポッドキャストです。この番組はフランドスファンが何くの財布の敵を握って送ります。Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes Sentai Saturdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and I'm joined tonight by two of the best Power Ranger fans, Sentai fans in the world. Shout out, guys. Hey, how you doing? This is Tony. I don't know if I'd say best in the world. I would go with like best in the cosmos. <laughs> you, I was going to say, you didn't you buy the legendary Megazord? Like, I'd say that qualifies you. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, think, I think you have creds. Mad Street Ranger cred. And this is Jan Airhammer. Let's get down to it. Cool. Alright, so what we're going to be talking about today is, again, the series Die Ranger. And the episode we're going to be talking about Tonight is episode 5. The English translation, according to the Ranger Wiki, is The Jewels Have Come. And this is going to be one of those showcase episodes from my perspective. And it showcases the pink Die Ranger, which is Lynn, or Rin, depending on whatever fan sub you watch. I'm just going to call her Lynn for lack of any confusion. The episode opens up with Lynn at university, so she's still going to school in the midst of all this beating up on crazy monsters and, you know, getting sent off to China with astral visions and stuff like that. And while she's at university, a girlfriend comes up to her. Megumi-san! <laughs> Megumi-san, her girlfriend, comes up to her, and she basically gives her this golden hair clip, and she's like, we're going to be best friends forever and stuff. But you can kind of see she's got an ulterior motive, because she's like, you're going to tell me all kinds of cool stuff about China, right, Lin? Because Lin's obviously from China, because she's always getting a ni-hao'd, and she returns the ni-hao, which is basically just, you know, hi, how are you, hello type thing in China. So yeah, so, you, you know, it seems like a friendly gesture, like, I'm going to give you this hair clip, and we're going to be girlfriends and stuff, but, you know, me, I, I, I see kind of uh, ulterior motives everywhere, and she also is like, you're going to hook me up, you're going to tell me the, the real deal about what China's like, because you're from there. By the way, and in the midst... Derek, did you notice one thing oh, yeah. about the hair clip? Uh, I don't know, what was, what, what should I have noticed about the hair clip? It's a phoenix. It is a phoenix. Ah, so the the mythical, they're, they're laying the groundwork for all these mythical kaiden beasts. See, I said it, guys. I said kaiden beast. You can congratulate me. instead of <laughs> Instead of calling it a zord. So, yeah, yeah, they're setting the groundwork for all these kaiden beasts, and, and the phoenix would be Lin's. But we'll, we'll get to that pretty soon. You know, the girlfriend, I guess, is like, oh, I don't want to, you know, pressure you or whatever, so I'm going to go run off and be cute somewhere else. And, and, you know, Megumi, I guess, uh, you know, is, is, she genuinely wants to be her friend, but I think Lynn is getting bombarded with all these questions. And from Lynn's perspective, she's having that Spider-Man moment of, well, how do I answer these questions without revealing that I'm a die ranger? You know, so basically she just, instead of coming up with like, 
you know, some excuse like Peter Parker might. She just kind of sits there dumbstruck. And luckily, Megumi-san is like, oh, that's cool. Like, I get it. I ask you too many questions. Like, I'm kind of a big mouth. I'm going to go away now. <laughs> Bye. You know? And then Ryu comes to pick up Lin. And I guess he's he's jonesing to have her opinion on, I, I think it was his restaurant or maybe his family's restaurant. I can't remember what what he was the, saying the exactly. Dub I, the dub I saw, the translation was, I thought you wanted to come to a new restaurant and you made this date and you wanted me to come pick you up. And that's why he was like, why are you being so surprised? Oh, oh, okay. So it was more like they were kind of, they had like some kind of planned dinner date. I don't know the way I read it. Uh, I don't know if it was the translation I read or whatever, or the way it was translated. It, it, to me, uh, for some reason, it sounded like maybe like his family had a business or something. Like he's like, you're going to come out to to like check out my, you know my restaurant or something but i yeah i don't know i don't maybe there's some discrepancy maybe some of the the japanese speaking listeners out there can confirm one way or the other what that interaction was all about but you know that that's not what we're here to focus on what we are here to focus on is that all of a sudden this huge pair of laughing lips appears out of nowhere it's this huge set of lips and it's like ha, 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 ha. it's like fucking John Travolta in Battlefield Earth but a pair of lips and um, introduce you to Adi and then of course the the big pair of lips turns into what is called on various you know translations the lipstick songstress the lipstick singer princess but basically the the reason why i remember her so well is because i had the mighty Morphin power rangers fighting edition on the super nintendo mm -hmm. and she was a character in that and was on the tv show power rangers her name was lip sinker and so she was on season two of power rangers in the episode titled two for one and I think Jan had uh, mentioned that we should check that out if we wanted to sort of compare the two. Mm -hmm. So what's that What's that episode two for one about, Jan? Uh, two for one is where Lord Zed has decided to make monsters out of Kimberly's, uh, well, she's got like this little plastic case. <laughs> and, uh, Her lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, I like that? how they're like, it's my mom's favorite purse. I'm like... It's yeah. a fucking plastic box. It's a fucking Claire's lunchbox you bought like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he turns her purse into the purse priest that we saw in Die Ranger a couple episodes back, and her lipstick is turned into lip sinker. So yeah, the, the monsters are taken care of uh, quite quickly, and I don't know, Die Ranger handled it a lot better and flushed out the characters more. Because you see them over the course of about three or four episodes, whereas here they're taken out in about 20 minutes. Yeah, the uh, Die Ranger episode, basically, Lipstick Songstress nabs Megumi-san. Yeah. So that's, I know we're laughing about it, but that's the big moment where it's like, Megumi-san! <laughs> you know, like, no! she gets, basically she gets kidnapped. I, I, I still think the creepiest moment was, like, Lip Syncer, like, put lipstick on Megumi. She was just like... Yeah, you're a pretty, pretty girl now. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Megumi is 32. <laughs> yeah, but she goes to she goes to university, so she can't be too bright. Yeah. Hey, Red, I failed my last test again. <laughs> she hasn't she hasn't she hasn't graduated yet. <laughs> She's busy making friends with all the professors, but they don't give her passing grades. Here's a hair clip for you and for you and for you. Why can't I graduate? 
<laughs> I give them all hair clips. Why don't I get in? What the past test? What the hell? <laughs> this is bullshit. I'm going to go talk to Rick. She's my favorite person. <laughs> she's going to tell me about China, and then she's going to port there where it looks nothing like China. It looks like the fucking desert. Hey, Magoopy, <laughs> when you make friends, don't come off like a stalker. It just, just saying, it helps. <laughs> hey, Rick, I like China. You should tell me all about it. <laughs> Tell me everything you know, you little stupid stuck-up bitch. I mean, hi, Ren. <laughs> and then this is where all my my nods to the the foot soldiers of the Gorma, who I refer to as the Tux Gorma. <laughs> Basically, they go into Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, and they're like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but I feel like all my joking is vindicated because they're literally in tuxedos with tails and they and they have the little conducting batons so it's not it's not me making it up now they literally are before the previous four episodes I was just bullshitting cuz I thought they looked like tuxedos but no this is actually them in a tux and tails with conducting batons humming beethoven's fifth symphony which they probably were humming horribly because they had to overlay the actual fifth symphony but you know that's cool. The one I saw actually had them humming. It was like da 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 da. <laughs> so basically, at this point, you've got these Gorma fighting Ryu Red and Lin. And I say Lin instead of the the you know mm-hmm. Pink yeah. Dire Ranger because she doesn't really bother to transform at first and. The Red Ryu Ranger gets injured in, I think it's like his his right arm, and that's going to play an important part later on, so take note of that. Mm-hmm. His his arm is injured, and, you know, Lin's kind of rushing to his side and everything to make sure he's okay. And then the other Dire Rangers show up on their little motorbikes and everything to back up their teammates. And then Lin finally is like, oh, okay, I guess it's time to change now. And so she changes, and then it's this fight between the Die Rangers and the Lipstick Songstress, or the Lipstick Singing Princess, whatever you want to call her, who was lip syncer on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Now, what's really interesting here is, since this is Lynn's episode, she's the one who basically gets angry enough to go one-on-one with the Lipstick Songstress, and she slashes her face, and there's this big, huge scar on the face, and kind of like, I guess, Vega from Street Fighter, like, it's like, oh, my beautiful face has been scarred, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and she's she's all pissed off. Uh, what I thought was interesting is, Jan, tell us what happens in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode and how it's different from this one. Well, it's wildly different because, well, the scene transition is so radically off as you're looking at the Die Ranger footage and the trees are like it's it's winter or early spring, there's no leaves anywhere, and then you cross over to, you got Jason here, or, uh, you know, and it's all springtime and summer and lush and green, <laughs> and, he's the, and he's the one that winds up cutting Lip Sinker with his yeah. sword, and so she pretty much has a vendetta against him throughout the episode. Yeah, so that's that's basically like what 
sets off the lipstick songstress and die ranger mm-hmm. is that the the pink die ranger is the one who who cut her across the cheek but in mighty morphin it was the red ranger who did it and i guess maybe they did that for the purposes of that they were going to have the Ryuseo, you know that that zord fight lip syncer later mm-hmm. so that's that's how they wanted to address that but in this case this episode of Die Ranger is focusing on Lynn. I was going to add, when they were fighting with uh, Freya and uh, Lynn, I got the Ren version, but when they were fighting with her, I, I should mention that she didn't just, did not change at all. She did hesitate, but at one point she tried to turn into a Pink Ranger, but she actually got, like, swamped by all the uh, Tuxedo Gorma. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so she, that's why she felt bad, because she was like, she hesitated. She was like, you know, I failed you, so like, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. She had that, that moment of out or something. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Basically, at this point, the lipstick songstress is like, you scarred my face, and instead of just pulling a Vega and crying about it, she decides, I'm going to grow to gigantic size. And so, at this point, she's now a gigantic monster, and Ryu Red calls up Ryuseo to help combat her. And then, at this point, this is why I said it was important to pay attention to the injury that Ryu Red had suffered earlier, because it's kind of weird. I don't Has that ever, like, I'm jumping the gun, but basically what happens is the Kaiden Beast in its robot form is reflecting the injury of its pilot. Like, he he was hurt on the arm, and they they start to get ready to fight, and then all of a sudden it's like the, the robot is also keeling over, clutching its arm just like... Ryu. And I was just curious, did they ever do that on Power Rangers where, like, you know, I don't know, Jason got stubbed in the toe and then all of a sudden, like, you know, the the Zord is, like, hopping on one foot or something like that? Or I, I don't know about actually getting injured. The closest I can even make a correlation to is with the White Tiger and later on the Zeo Firebird or whatever it was called, Bird Zord. Tommy had a really bad track record of, like, fucking learning how to pilot his fucking Zord. And he would just crash it, but that was more of a pilot error. It wasn't because he was hurt or anything like that. Jan may know something more than I do, but I, I don't. I don't off the top of my head remember anybody getting injured. And then when they got into their Zord, they're like, I, you know, like the Zord, you know, falling over, or keeling over because their their partner was injured. I don't know, Jan. Do you remember anything like that? Not really. Like I I, I remember that in Kaku Ranger, um, the the mechs are linked to the Ranger. Because I recall an episode where Tommy wanted the Tiger Zord to follow his every move. So you could think of it here that uh, Ryo, he's connected to his mech, and so they feel the same pain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I was I was going to say, you can't, you can't fault Tommy for crashing all those Zords because he was working on his doctor at that entire time <laughs> off camera. So you can't, you can't be too hard on him, yeah, okay? And his head, he was like, this does not drive like a race car. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so basically, at this point, you know, Red's previous injury is affecting how, how the Kaiden Beast in robot mode is working, and then we get to see Megumi-san again, only now she's part of this eerie choir of women who are singing but I guess that's the whole deal with the lipstick songstress. Like, 
when she sings and and this choir of kidnapped abducted women sing mm-hmm. somehow the the song hurts the people that she's engaging in a fight it's almost like it's so annoying that it's distracting them so they can get hit but but there there seems to be a lot more to it than that it's not just distracting it's almost like painful, the yeah. the melody is so painful to their ears because everybody's yeah. you know clutching and grasping and, and they're losing their sense of balance you know obviously that's where you get your sense of balance from so maybe it's something where the song is affecting their inner ear canal and they're just getting completely you know, off balance while they're in the middle of this life or death battle. Just let everybody know another thing that yeah. we're not passing America's standards. When she calls them forced, they're called the Devil's Choir. <laughs> right, right. It'd be like, oh, look, it's that choir from the home from Infinite Losers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Satan's chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Hercules chorus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It really gets brutal, like, I guess, because not only is, is you know, the mech injured and grasping its arm, and not only are these choir of kidnapped women bruising their inner ear canals, is what I'm imagining, then all the three Gorma generals show up, and they're like, hey, this seems like a good time to fucking strike, and then they attack the, the Zord on top of that. So, I mean, they're really... Just piling on. Oh, yeah. Cheap shot from hell, too. They're just like, hi, bam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just piling on. And and actually, I, I find that kind of refreshing because, you know, I'm always like, Shredder, man, if, if that plan almost killed the turtles, why don't you try it again? You know, like, and it seems like these guys are pressing their advantage while they have it. So that's, you know, I, I know you don't want to see your, your hero in peril all the time or don't want to see him get messed up. But, I mean, I, I think they definitely have a raised stakes in this this fight because these guys are, you know, they, yeah. they see a weak point and they're trying to exploit it, you know? They're trying to exploit it to the fullest. It's so. also nice to see your villains not be stupid, yeah. <laughs> uh, who has the ring? The ring. What do you think about that, Jan? Like, I mean, is that something that you were you find refreshing in terms of you know, comparing the two different series, or is it something that you've seen often in, in other series? No, no, I liked it quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, usually, yeah. Like, usually, like, if the big bad monster of the week was beating somebody up in Power Rangers, it would just be Zed and Rita going, go, 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 do it, you know, and these guys are like, no, we're going to come and help, <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 and 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 then that 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 attack is so strong that like the the chief force of Master John Lennon, like he he gets <laughs> flung all around the freaking room, like he's just he's trying to meditate and be all zen and stuff, and and he just you know Kaku uh, is who I call Master John Lennon. It, it gets just flung across I, the room. I, I'm sorry, I know this is supposed to be a, a dramatic moment when he's like meditating and hovering, and he's just like whoop. <laughs> that just made me laugh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's he you know he he seems to be somehow like that the feedback from from that fight is so strong that it it just basically I, I would say it knocks him off his feet but he's sitting there floating around so it knocks him off his float I guess or whatever <laughs> and then this is the point I guess this is my favorite trope in in all of comics and when it's done in 
Japan, I refer to it as, well, even when it's done in comics. Well, usually when it's done in comics, I just call it round two power. When somebody gets their second win, it's like, wait, why am I getting my ass kicked? I'm Superman. And they're like, they punch the other guy in the head or whatever. And then that's, you know, basically, you know, how the fight is resolved. But, you know, when it happens in Japan, I usually refer to it as round two power. <laughs> and, yeah, Ryu Red basically is like, wait a minute, why the fuck am I getting my ass kicked? I'm like the Red Ranger. And then he decides it's time to fight back. And he does like, I, I'm glad both of you guys are here, because in my notes, it says here, clear as day, that Ryu Seo does a wrestling move on the lipstick songstress, lifts her overhead and throws her away. And like, that's all I could think of when I saw that scene that he was just pulling a wrestling move. But I was curious how you guys interpreted that little interaction there. I think the wrestling move that he used would be called a gorilla press slam. See, I'm glad you're here to tell me these things because I don't, I don't have no idea what the move would have been. Yeah, he lifts lip singer or you know lipstick songstress over his head by with both arms and just slams her down on the ground and she's like, well, shit. <laughs> so he, he did a little bit of damage. Yeah, and and then and then what's interesting is at this point they're going full on round two. And the good guys are trying to press their advantage now. And they're like, yeah, we don't care that we just threw you on the ground. We're going to we're gonna bust out our super move now. And it's the move where it's like the wind thingamabob where the, you know, the arm comes out and the little staff. And it's basically fluctuating in a circular manner. And normally, if you're used to watching Power Rangers, this is probably the moment where you're like, all right, it's time to, you know, kill the monster and go home, but you realize, like, you're only maybe, you know, ten minutes into this episode, so you're like, isn't it kind of early to kill the monster and go home? And this was surprising to me. The The super move doesn't kill her. It's almost like they have this this dual samurai master moment where both guys go head-to-head, and they both clash swords, and they both hit each other or something, you know, like they, they both basically, you know, come away from the exchange wounded and they both fall over. And ultimately this fight, I would say it's a draw, you know, like that no, nobody wins. So I, I thought that was kind of, you know, fascinating, but w- what did you guys think about that moment? Actually, well, the way I saw it, I, I, I do think that the lipstick monster got hurt and, you know, she definitely got her pride hurt. But, you know, considering his arm injury, I think Ryu actually got the worst end of it. They, like, Mm. they fought her off, and they didn't lose, but they did not fucking win, you know? It was like, (laughs) that sucked, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, it seems like they both basically run away at that point, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. The lipstick songstress is like, I'm I'm getting out of here. And then then basically you're left with the Die Rangers in their, you know, human form, you know, and, and, and Ryu is, is screaming, you know, Ryu Seo, come back, come back, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff. And the dragon's like, fuck you, man, I'm getting the fuck out of here. You know, and he kind of squiggles off into the sky. And totally he's, like, I'm fucking, yeah. he's like, I'm fucking hurt, bro. Like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. You know? We are done professionally. <laughs> My fucking arm, man, it hurts. This is serious business, man. I gotta go to the hospital. I gotta go to Kaiden Beast Hospital and wherever the fuck that is. I gotta go there. If I don't get on to Obamacare right now, I'm gonna be fucking screwed. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he you know, the the Ryuseo, the the mech, the Zord in the Dragon Mode. I mean, he, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny the way he kind of was like, I'm getting out of here, and he just kind of slithers off, you know, because he's like this. 
basically, you know, it, it clearly had a profound effect on, on him. And when the Die Rangers come back to their headquarters, they come back and, and find Master Kaku in, in a big state because they learn from him. He, he kind of reveals, this is the first time I think he's mentioned this, is he yeah. says, hey, like, the, this this mech, this Zord is incumbent it relies on my chi power and when there was that big feedback and and he was getting his wallet taken like that t- obviously took its toll on master john lennon too like it <laughs> it depleted his his chi power and and flung him across the room and stuff so i mean he's just he's hurting just as bad as as the little dragon zord is so it, it definitely know. was a reveal because even the rangers were like wait really seriously like that hurt you too they didn't they didn't even know it so yeah I mean, I don't think that Ryu realized every time he was going into battle that he could potentially hurt his master, you know? Yeah, I thought they just thought it was like a, you know, robot, you know? Like, you know, standard Power Ranger thing. He's like, oh, that's our that's our Zord, you know? We're going to go in. They didn't realize they were that interconnected, which is kind of interesting that he's interconnected to it, and also Ryu is. So, yeah, even more yeah. depth, even more interesting things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so we, we were saying at the start of this podcast that... This was the the Lin slash Rin centric episode, <laughs> and it is because you know again she's she's kind of taking the heat. She's blaming herself for their defeat in this instance. She's like, oh, if it wasn't for me, if I didn't hesitate, if I you know I didn't do all this stuff, then then you know we wouldn't have been you know in such dire straits and everything. And and then this I don't know how you guys interpreted this, so I, I'll ask you guys. But when I watched it. It's like you'd think at this point, like on a show, somebody'd be like, "No, no, it's not your fault. Like you're just you gotta you gotta buck up, and and this is you know you gotta get over that, and and we're we're all gonna fight them together. Like it's not your fault. But in this case, it seems like all the men are like, "All right, you stay here, woman. Like we're gonna go off and take care of business, you know." And I was just kind of like, "Well, that's a weird way to approach it, you know? Like because she's like, "Oh man, this is all my fault." And they're like, "Yeah, this is all your fault. You stay here, you know." And I was like, "Wow, that's." It's kind of fucked up. But, it, it was gently yeah. harsh. It was like, you know, I messed up. I'm sorry, Master Kaku. And all the rangers are like, you know, well, we must go fight. And she's like, I will help. And, like, they just put their, like, one of them puts his hand on her shoulder. She's like, no, it's okay. You don't understand. But maybe you should stay here, <laughs> you know? It's like they weren't. I, I mean, I, I think I think the idea was they were trying to say, like, well, we're all calm now that the Masters explained everything, but you're still in this state. Like, you're still excitable. And, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to be a hindrance if you don't get past that and so she it's funny she it goes basically like a move, though. <laughs> oh yeah yeah they totally look like a, it's like they it's like a quad dickery from the entire <laughs> male cast team you know like they're like you just stay here like and and, and knit some pink power ranger shit and we're gonna go fucking fight this monster of lipstick which which you probably dropped on the street somewhere and it got zapped by lord zed um work on your gymnastics (laughs) you know and it's just like what she so she goes off and she's having this introspective moment at a pond where it's like they got the you know montage where she's like she's revisiting all these moments you know where she either you know had doubt and and the fights and all this kind of stuff and and she's clearly unhappy with herself and her performance so she's using this rather and and we've mentioned this before like that she has this rather impressive control over her 
her chi. Like she, she basically just, you know, doing some, you know, yoga moves by this pond. And then it like explodes like two or three rocks and knocks down like a tree and shit. And so Daigo shows up. He's like, dude, man, you get, chill the fuck out. Like, you're scaring the birds. Like, you gotta fucking calm down, you know? Did, so, did uh, translate, yeah. can you see, like, I, I guess it was supposed to be kind of touching and, like, mysteriously romantic, but he puts his hand on her shoulder and he's like, I always want you to smile, Lin. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like it seems like maybe Daigo and Ryu have some competition going on from one another. I guess if he's asking, if one guy's asking to take her to a restaurant, and the other guy's like, "I want you to smile for me, baby. You look good when you smile." You know, like so. But I, like I was saying, I, I think her power set is fairly impressive. So I, I guess you know, to me, I think it's all a mental hang-up on her behalf. You know, she's just got to get over that that doubt she has because obviously she's she's a powerful force to be reckoned with when she's attacking rocks and trees and scaring the birds it's just <laughs> she's got to apply that to the fight situation and everything and so you know at this point it's like i i mean this is this is not literally what happens but she eats some shrooms and then she sees the <laughs> phoenix bird basically where it's like they have another kind of out of body astral moment or something where like she's She's visualizing, she has this dream, and, you know, she she's basically seeing the next Kaiden Beast. It's like a sneak preview of the Kaiden Beast in her dream or something like that. And then the Lipstick Princess is still, you know, angry as fuck about this scar on her face. And, you know, she she literally says it, you know, she's like, I want vengeance against the pink one. Like I want, I want her ass in a bag an itty bitty ditty bag or whatever. You know, like she's mad about that. And the generals are like, Oh, you got to chill out. We're going to rule the world and you're going to take out all the, the Rangers. So you'll get your vengeance soon enough. And then I guess Lynn reveals to master Kaku that she had this dream and the master's like, well, I thought, I thought all these Kaiden beasts were dead, but he's like, maybe, you know, maybe it is another beast. Like, cause I thought Ryuseo was the last one, but maybe, maybe there's another one. And then of course, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but it's too funny to pass up. Apparently all the beasts are contained within these energy balls, but they call them the Tenpoi Rai Rai balls. And I'm just like, and the master's just like, did you see a Tenpoi Rai Rai ball? And it's like, <laughs> I don't know, did I? Like, what the fuck is that? You know, he basically is explaining, like, that's that's how they, I guess, travel in form of energy or something like that. That's a representation of those Kaiden beasts. And um, I, you're, you're actually being better than I was going to be, because I was going to say, like, oh, did you see a bunch of balls fly at your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, along with the four, we'll, we'll make it an even five for the male dickery on this show. <laughs> it's like the, the guy's like, "You stay at home and don't come and fight with us." And then she goes back to the the old wise old man. He's like, "Balls in your face." No, he, the master's talking about the Kaiden beasts. No need to send any angry emails about that because that's not what was going on. And so the the other the male die rangers, of course, are getting beat up by the Gorma and the lipstick songstress. And she's using that same song. Only this time, I, you know, I don't know where Megumi-san is because we were so concerned about her before but it seems like Lipstick Songstress is doing a solo act in this case like that she's the only one singing and you know affecting the inner ear canals of the diarangers and then you know Lynn seems to get over her you know self-doubt her preconceived 
you know, hang-ups and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, I'm, I'm going one-on-one with you. Like, we're going to go one-on-one, and we're going to fight. And you're kind of like, yeah, she's going to she's gonna kick some ass. Like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And then they, they sort of have a little skirmish, and it almost looks like the Lipstick Songstress is about to deliver a killing blow with her sword to the Pink Ranger, but then she kind of vanishes. And then all the bad guys decide, okay, well, we're all going to vanish too. And you're like, well, where the fuck did she go? And then it turns out, like, the master is like, she has gone to China. Because I guess she's you know, going <laughs> yeah. to, to to set up this new Kaiden beast, this phoenix. So, you know, and then the big question is, you know, well, why did Lin teleport to China? Why are all the bad guys teleporting away? What are the ten-poi rai-rai balls? You know, like, that's that's basically, it's another cliffhanger. It's like, tune in next week. You know, same Die Ranger time, same Die Ranger channel. You know, so that's that's kind of how we leave off the episode. There, there was a little bit of a mystery, though. When uh, Lin or Rin kind of collapses, she seems to have, like, this little energy effect around her. She seems like, you know, she has, like, flames going up her for a minute. And the uh, Gorma, all the generals, they kind of freak the fuck out. They're like, uh, uh, we're leaving now. Because, like, apparently this is yeah, a big... Yeah, almost issue. like they were they were afraid of what was happening with her, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, that was one of the things. And then, like, but, but, like the lip singer was just like, I'm going to leave now. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I will. I will say, as far as how it ended, that really like I. I was so ready for like a Power Rangers voiceover of like you know, what happened to Lin? She's in China now. What will go on when she finds the magical power of the Zord? You know, it's like it did kind of have like, even though it's just a fucking toy. Is if you look at it realistically, as far as how Sentai and Power Rangers goes, they're making this out to be a big deal. You know, like the Phoenix is like you know. This, they're like these, you know, freaking tied in beasts are a big deal. It's not just, you know, I'm going to go get, like, my new Zord, you know? Yeah, well, they, they, they seem to raise the stakes on all this stuff. And, and I'm, you know, at this point, I'm I'm pretty invested. Like, I, I want to see how her character arc resolves. We've had individual character arcs here in the past. So it's like we're almost, we're going down the line and every ranger is getting some spotlight. You know, they're taking time, setting up all the different characters so you get to know them. And, and then in addition, you know, as an added bonus, you're starting to get all these different Kaiden beasts, you know, added to the mix, too. It's one of those things where I think when you finally see merged form of all these beasts, it's going to be well worth it, you know. It's going to whet your appetite, and the build will be a fun and exciting experience. Well, I will say, like, out of the Power Rangers mythos, I don't know how highly it would rank, because I like a lot of the designs. But the Thunder Megazord is pretty fucking high up there. I always liked that look. I thought that was a really cool-looking Megazord. Mm-hmm. I think for, for me, like, I always felt like the Thunder Megazord was, you know, I, I don't know if it's narcissistic because that's when I watched it the most, but I always felt like that was, like, the height of the popularity or something, you know, where it's like I, I knew, I, you know, that was something I always used to like to draw, you know. It was a cool little Megazord. It had... You know, this kind of samurai robot flavor to it. You know, I, I thought it was very good looking, you know. Yeah, it, it was definitely better. Like like I said, there's some later on that I like. But, for example, I think the Thunder Megazord is ten times better than the Ninja Megazord. I, I just don't like that design, so. Yeah, I, I kind of remember, I mean, I was I remember being excited about that movie, but 
as far as the Thunder Megazord being retired, it was almost like, you know, an old friend kind of got sent off to the glue factory or something. You're like, don't send <laughs> Mr. You know, don't send Thunder Megazord horse to the glue factory. No, you know, like, well, I, I think, it, I think it helped, you know, and like, we'll go back on topic after this, unless y'all want to say anything about Thunder Megazord. I like the fact that like the first Megazord, like the regular Megazord was, it was pretty plain, you know, it was like, it was like, you know, red, black, you know, blue, yellow, and red, you know, it had a very simple look. But the Thunder Megazord looked really detailed, had this armor, had that, like, you know, like you said, it had that samurai look. And it just looked like they put a lot more detail into, like, how they sculpted all these pieces and stuff. It just looked, it looked like the next generation of Megazord. It's like, okay, we had, like, you know, prototype Megazord 1. This is the badass we were working on, you know? I mean, what do you think, Jan? Is that, like, kind of similar? I mean, is Thunder Megazord one of your favorites? Well, yeah, it was the first one that I ever got as a toy. Never had it. I, I'm, I'm jealous of you. <laughs> well, as a Transformers fan, you know, I focus mostly on those. So when it came to Power Rangers, I didn't really get all that many Power Rangers toys. The first full-fledged Megazord that I ever got was the Thunderzords. And I still have it to this day. Not the greatest of condition, but it's still there. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I like the way you put it because you think of the Dino Megazord. It's just four other... Zords here combining with the T-Rex, whereas the Thunder Megazord, the Red Dragon was always a favorite of mine because I love the robot mode, I love the dragon mode, and then here you have these other Zords that are basically forming an armor around him, and it makes it look a hell of a lot more powerful. Yeah, it's just really, really nice. And we haven't even got to him yet, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, but that, I, I think that's that's what the magic is of this show. At least it's it's certainly whetting your appetite. Like you, you know, you, you're they're not going to give you the to to get all dirty with it. They're not going to get you the, the cum shot right away. You know, like you're going to have to work for that shit. Lots of lots of Zord foreplay and and all kinds of stuff like that. So I'm sure it'll come up here eventually, and it'll be awesome when we do. I I, I don't know. Do you guys have any last words on the episode before we sign off for the night? Any, any, I know you listed one Easter egg earlier, Jan, but is there any other Easter eggs we should look out for that may have made their way across the shores? Oh, yeah, there's actually quite a few that we could go over. Oh, go ahead. So, yeah, we already discussed the Power Ranger counterpart two for one. I, I don't know. The episode's silly. I just find it very unique because, for one, the Purse Priest, for example, they had the costume in America, so they went right out and did completely original footage for the Purse Monster. And it was really, really bad. That's all I really want to call it, because the monster did virtually nothing of importance. But then when they went and did Lip Syncer, they go and use strictly Die Ranger footage, and it conflicts with the look of California, and they remove a lot of footage. The, the, the battle that takes place in this Die Ranger episode within the first nine and a half minutes or so, this is all that we see in Power Rangers. And in the Die Ranger episode, you discussed it earlier as Rayoseo and Lipstick are going for this clashing blow. That's where it's actually cut off in Power Rangers, and that's where they give the final blow to Lipsinker and Destroyer. Huh, nice. And yeah, just a lot is cut out of there. We also talked about the uh, the scene where Rayoseo is pretty much defeated, and you know he's looking all electrifying and converts back to dragon mode. Well, they decided to keep this part in Power Rangers, but it's not in two-for-one. 
it's actually seven episodes earlier in Green No More. And in this case, it's a splice with Zio 2 footage where they're taking on Turban Shell. He beats them up pretty badly and causes the Red Dragon to transform back in that same fashion. So that's where that's fit in. Bon, you crazy genius. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I can bring up here is a uh, location, a fight towards the end of this Die Ranger episode, uh, right before uh, Lynn disappears. You might recognize where they're fighting. I thought I did, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because this is actually used in a number of other Sentai episodes, particularly if you want to look at Mighty Morphin Season 1, Episode 38, which was a bad reflection on you, where there were the very first putties that became the Evil Rangers. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in that particular episode, Jason and the others are all sent to detention, and they manage to get out after fooling Bulk and Skull to blindfold themselves and count backwards with their ears plugged. (laughs) Anyway, in the fall... (laughs) The meanest bullies ever. (laughs) That was actually a rather weird scene, and, well, anyway, the following battle against the evil rangers takes place in the exact same location, so you can always look out for that one. I love this kind of stuff because, like, it's it's really interesting to see how because everybody thinks like you know, and, and understandably so that Saban just took footage. Okay, I will take this episode, make this episode, use the same monster, use the same footage, blah 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 blah, done. Power Rangers episode twenties out the you know out in the can, but obviously they did some work on it. You know, they they picked the scenes they wanted to use and they they picked what they like had to work with and they really did. You know, for as easy as it is to say as a carbon copy of Sentai just with American actors and the same footage of the Zords, they really did kind of pick and choose and make decisions to make an entirely different kind of show. Yeah, I, I don't know if the comparison is appropriate, but it it feels like instead of just like, I don't know what the best way to explain it, instead of just doing a cover song, it's like Saban is like, you know, a rapper taking like a bunch of different samples and like doing doing his own little thing with, I, with I, I the show. That, I think a good comparison would be like Macross to Robotech. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're making a new story. There's a lot of shit you've seen before if you've seen Sentai, but if you watch the American version, you're like, that's 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 not the same thing. That is not the same fucking thing, you know? Yeah. But I, I think that's what's fun about watching both versions, too, because they're not the same thing. It's not just a literal adaptation. They're not just translating the words into English. You know, there's there's actually a reason to watch both versions of it because they are so vastly different. And then it's nice having Jan here to, like, point out all those different moments and, and what episodes they're from because I don't have that kind of knowledge at my fingertips so i'm always coming to him so thank yeah. you yeah your your due diligence is is definitely appreciated <laughs> definitely definitely give me that i guess i guess the the last thing i would say is like i agree with derek i'm looking forward to the next episode i'm looking forward to what i would assume if nothing else we're going to get the new kaiden beast it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if it's an important character like robot or I mean, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure they haven't built up this for no reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like you, Derek. I like the progression. I like the fact that we're we're getting a little, you know, excuse the vulgar reference. We're getting a little cock tease. We're getting like a little bit of like, you know, you like that? Oh, wait, oh, wait, you're going to get some more. Hold on. <laughs> you know? 
I get to see some leg through the curtain, you know, and there's something better on the other side. Just just w- wait with us a little longer, and you'll you'll get the full package here in a bit. All right. So until the next time, you know, again, if you have any angry emails, any comments, questions, concerns, if you enjoy listening to these spinoff shows, you know, just send us some email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Of course, we're always on our blog spot, fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can leave comments there. You can give us plus ones so that Google you know, rates the blog posts differently and puts them up front on the Google search engine. We're on Facebook. We appreciate all the likes we get on there for all the different shows. We are on Twitter. Apparently we're on Google Plus, I guess, according to Justin. I know I set up a Google Plus thing, but Google Plus doesn't think Fanholes is a real person. And of course, <laughs> we've mentioned this before on, on various podcasts, but we are we are real people. We exist, we swear. We've only been doing this for three years, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're 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 on Tumblr, so we've got, you know, artwork and different stuff up there, little funny toy comics and stuff that I post every once in a while, so you can check those out. You know, but yeah, you know, whatever you enjoy about our blog spot, our site, you know, whether it's the podcasts like video casts or, you know, blogs and written stuff, you know, just let us know and we appreciate all your continued interest and so until the next time this is going to be Derek Derek WC signing off this is Tony and (laughs) (laughs) oh and this is Jan you guys are nuts air hammer (laughs) (laughs) peace I'm sorry, I just really like her laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that, that's totally, that. that's what John Travolta must have watched in preparation for Battlefield Earth. <laughs> it sounds just like that. It's like, is, is, is uh, the lip, lipstick princess like a Scientologist, the closet Scientologist? Is that what it is? You have scarred my purple face. Now, oh, fuck, I can't remember his goddamn name. Shit. Now L. Ron Hubbard will not call the aliens to take me away. Oh, yeah, fucking Zemnu, yeah. Zemnu won't fucking take me away. <laughs>